Good morning. It is good to be with all of you this morning. And thank you for leading us in prayer. Praise team, thank you for leading us in worship already this morning. And before we get going any further, would y'all fist pump or elbow someone beside you and say welcome this morning to your neighbor? Greet each other. You know, Paul talks about greeting each other with a holy kiss. My daughter says that's her favorite scripture. I don't like that. She's 17, almost 17. No. But you can greet each other with a fist pump and an elbow, right? Good to see you, Dan. And uh, I hope that y'all will stay. Uh, we're going to have ice cream on the green after worship up here if you haven't taken notice. And, and Sutton's threatened me to, to cut the... He, he's going to start chanting, we want ice cream here in a minute if, if, if it goes long. So, But uh, needless to say, good morning once again. Welcome to the way, uh, especially for those of you that may be here for the first time. My name's Andy. I serve alongside Pastor Ann and just humbled to, to be here on this beautiful day and to worship with you uh, in God's creation and to worship God, to give thanks this morning. And I just want us to be reminded of our, our purpose. For those of you that are part of the way, you know this, that we are committed to what? Sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Amen. And if you are looking for a place to connect, you're welcome to join with us in that. You know, this weekend is one that we as Americans pause to give thanks, to give thanks to the countless men and women in uniform that have given the ultimate sacrifice, that have given their very lives so that we might have the freedoms we have in this country, even including the freedom to gather like we are today. You know, there are those in other parts of the world that this is something, the farthest thing from their imagination that they could possibly do on a day like this, but we do. And so we are indebted to the men and women in uniform. We're indebted to those that have given their life. We're indebted to the families that they left behind. And so may we never, ever forget their great sacrifice. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, as Ann prayed, and, and I imagine many of y'all know that, you know, the, the recent events, especially over this past week in Uvalde, much less over the last several months, in some ways perhaps maybe overshadowed today this weekend of Memorial Day, because there are a lot of people that have endured senseless loss of life from the, the infraction of Russia and the war that's taken place in the Ukraine. I, I visited with, with some of the refugees that are actually living in our county. Believe it or not, there are 100 refugees living within Cherokee County alone, and there's more coming every week. And I sat with a family of six, Ten-year-old, a seven-year-old, a six-year-old, and a three-year-old, and a mom and dad who were in Mariupol, where the Russians were on one side of where they're living, and the Ukrainians were on the other, and the bombardment going across where they were living. I can't imagine what that's like. And then, as we continue to pray, you recognize what happened in a grocery store of all places in New York, and then this week in a school, an elementary school, last week of school, and. Many of you have school-age kids or grandkids. Some of you are teachers and faculty, and it's weighed heavy on us. And if we're honest, it can leave us a little bit deflated and a little bit defeated, right? All this senseless loss of life. But if that's you this morning, I have great news for you. I have great news for all of us this morning. It's a word that comes from Paul as we continue and we conclude in, in unpacking the greatest chapter perhaps he's ever written, at least in my opinion, humble opinion, Romans chapter 8, where he declares that we are more than conquerors. Y'all believe that, church? 
We are more than conquerors. So let me begin with a question. What do you need to have conquered in your life this morning? What is it that you need to have conquered? Because I believe in Christ and through Christ, you can overcome it. And all of us can. So let us turn as we conclude today in this marvelous letter, in this chapter of Romans, chapter 8. And I'm going to read verses 31 through 39 for us this morning. Paul writes, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus, who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who should separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks, thanks be to God. God. Would you pray with me as we continue in worship this morning? Almighty God, I thank you once again for the privilege to gather with others seeking you, seeking solace from you, seeking answers to the questions we have. And at the same time, to bring our honor and glory and praise to you, for you are deserving of all. So, Lord, I pray in these moments, as we meditate upon your word, Lord, that we would encounter the living word, your son, Jesus Christ. And God, that we would leave here different than when we found ourselves. And so may the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be pleasing to you, O Lord, our rock and redeemer. And the church said, Amen. Amen. You know, Paul often liked to pose a question to drive home a point. And, and he, he, he starts with a question in a section, what then shall we say in light of these things? And I don't know about you, but I've been asking that question in light of those things that have happened in the news and in, in the media lately. What shall we say? But Paul's not speaking to what's happening out in the culture and in society, but he's speaking about the things that he has been unfolding and unpacking throughout this whole chapter of Romans 8. So what things, what things is Paul talking about? Well, if you remember, he opened chapter 8, this grand chapter with that there is no condemnation for those in Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. And he went on to say that there is a life not in temptation, not in the flesh, but there is a life in the spirit for each of us to have that the same power that rose Jesus from the grave also is available to live in us and through us. Amen? And he goes on in that chapter to talk about and remind us that we can have a new relationship in Christ Jesus. That we can be adopted as sons and daughters of the God most high. That we can be co-heirs with Jesus. And if that's not enough, he goes on to say there's even hope for us in the midst of our troubles and our struggles. And here's the thing. 
Here's the good news. We don't groan alone. Amen. I found myself, I don't know about y'all, but what happened this past week, I didn't have words. Any of y'all find yourself in a moment this past week where you had no words for what you saw, what you were hearing? Well, even in the midst of that, we do not groan alone for the power of God through the presence of the Holy Spirit speaks on our behalf in our hearts and to God Almighty. Thanks be to God for that. And as we were reminded last week, that that even in all things, not just the good things, but the hard things and the sad things and the heartbreaking things, God worked for the good of those who love him. And that we're called to a greater purpose, y'all. We're called to a higher purpose. That purpose is to bring glory to God and to be glorified by God. And all of this is made possible in and through a relationship with Jesus Christ. These are the things that Paul is talking about when he asks the question, what then shall we say in light of these things? And then he makes the bold statement, one that I think we all need to take home and heart today. And that is this. If God is for us, who then can be against us? How do we know this? How do we know that God is for us? Well, we were reminded that the God that we serve, the God that we worship, owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Amen? Amen. But he only has one son. And for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, as John writes in John three sixteen. But go on to have eternal life. But I love this. He keeps going in John three seventeen. For Jesus did not come into the world to condemn us, but to save us. The whole opening of Romans 8, there is no condemnation in Christ Jesus. Paul is pulling from John himself, one who walked, slept, and breathed beside Jesus himself and saw Jesus up close and personal. I was able to declare that God is for us, Paul says. You see, he wants us to remember undeniably, undeniably and indisputably that God is for you. God is for me. God is for all of humanity. His son, Jesus Christ, going to the cross and entering through and coming out of an empty tomb is proof of that to us. There's no doubt about it. God is for you and God is for me. Can we say amen this morning? Amen. All right, y'all got to wake up now. Y'all want some ice cream. Can I hear an amen on that? Amen. There we go. All right, maybe the ice cream will bring you around. All right. But here's the thing. Even greater still than God being for us is that we are called to be more than conquerors, not just conquerors, but more than conquerors, that no one can stand against us. Now, the truth is we live in a fallen world, right? We live with a reality of a culture that is hostile to faith in Christ Jesus. We live in a society that seeks the secular over the spiritual for the ills that trouble our land. Case in point, how many of us have got embroiled in and read a lot about the rhetoric to change our laws in this land in light of what happened this past week? I did. And the truth is, our laws do need to change. Our laws do need to change, but we're naive to think. I think we would be naive today to think that we can legislate hate out of the heart of anybody, much less ourselves. You see, if God's laws weren't enough to save us, that he would send his one and only son, how in the world can man-made laws save us? You see, only an encounter with Jesus Christ can change and transform a heart and mind, beginning with me and you and all of this community. You see, it's a relationship with Jesus Christ that matters. And, And it's the love of Christ that can change 
not just us, but our relationships and to change our community, to change our society and to change this world. This is what Paul is getting at as he continues, as we read earlier, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake, we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. It's rather sobering, isn't it? But he goes on to say, no, in all, not some, but all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. You see, Paul, I think, is drawing again from John's account of Jesus speaking that in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Paul understood that. And he knows that us as followers of Christ are not immune to the results of a fallen world, that we indeed will face troubles. Any of y'all facing troubles in your life right now? A heartache? Any of y'all dealing with persecution because of your faith? You know, cancer culture is real today, but cancer culture is just the tip of the iceberg because, as we mentioned earlier, there are people in other parts of the country, or actually the world, better part, that couldn't meet like we are today because of their faith. And then there's that word nakedness. I don't think, you know, don't worry about everybody going around, running around naked here. That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about the vulnerability. Think about the utter, utter vulnerability that comes with being naked, coming with being exposed. Those of us that have faith in Christ sometimes will play, face that kind of vulnerability in our lives. We can risk losing our livelihoods because of our faith. It's <laughs> surreal in many ways. And we can even risk losing our lives. But Paul wants us to remind ourselves that nothing, none of those things, not a single one of those things, can separate us from the love of Christ Jesus. And Paul wasn't a pie-in-the-sky kind of guy, as I mentioned last week. He, he's writing having lived this, having known this. An ardent follower of Jesus Christ himself, he would be stoned to death. He'd be hauled out of, of hauled, stoned to death, but left to dead, never, never ultimately to die until later when he was executed, later in life. But he would be canceled out. He'd be silenced. He'd be imprisoned. Second Corinthians chapter 12 writes, where he speaks of his insults and the hardships and the persecutions that he faces, the difficulties, living with a thorn in the flesh, if you remember. And yet, in all of this, Paul wants us to lay claim to the fact that in all these things, we are more than conquerors. More than conquerors. Say that with me today. We are more than conquerors. Can y'all say that with me? Y'all pretty lame. Come on, wake up. We are more than conquerors. Amen. So geek out with me for a minute and get into the Greek. The, the Greek word behind that phrase is hooper nikau. Hooper nikau. And that word hooper can be parsed out, and we know it sometimes as super, right? And, and, and nikau is victorious. We are super victorious. We are super victorious in light of Christ. Another way to unpack that word, hooper nikau, is to prevail completely. This is what Paul would want us to lay claim to in the midst of our struggles and our strife, is that we are more than conquerors. We will prevail completely. And how is this possible? How is this possible? <laughs> you know, sometimes we try to set our mind to things, and we try to create a new habit, but sometimes we don't do so well with that, right? Some of us try to do things out of our own strength, right? 
or out of pride, we try to do it ourselves and not let others see what we're really struggling with. Am I right? Paul's pointing out that none of this is possible on our own strength, not out of our own mindset, not out of our own will. It's only made possible through Christ Jesus who loves you and who loves me and wants us to allow him to live in us and through us, allowing us to endure and to overcome all of the temptations that we face in life, in our personal life, in our corporate life. We are more than conquerors. And so I want to ask you again this morning, what is it that you need to have conquered in your life today? What is it that's keeping you from embracing the reality that God is for you and that no one can stand against you and that you are more than conquerors? Is it fear? Worry? Doubt? Is it unforgiveness? Is it like me? I get in my head. I get kind of rebellious in my head and dismiss it. What is it today that's keeping you from the love that God has for you? Because whatever it is, know this. Christ is for you. And Christ is with you. And if you allow Christ in, he will help overcome for you. Paul gives reason for this in the closing of what we read today. In verse 38, it opens up, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future nor any powers, neither the height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Did you hear that list, y'all? Death, life, angels, demons, present or future, or any powers, height, depth, or anything else in all of creation. You see, there is nothing that you can imagine. There's nothing that you can fathom up and then all of creation that can keep us, that can keep you from the love of God and to be able to overcome that which you are struggling with. There is nothing. In my Bible, I write out the side, no hyphen thing. There is nothing that can separate us. Save one. You know, when I look at this list, there's only one thing on here that I don't see. That's myself. Myself. You see, God's grace is available to each and every one of us. But we have the freedom to choose. And sometimes we can choose to not accept and embrace that grace for our lives. You see, oftentimes the thing that keeps us from living that life of greater is ourselves. Our unwillingness to yield to the love of Christ that wants to shed abroad in your heart, in my heart, and to change our lives and to change our thoughts and to change our actions. It's interesting. That's the only thing not in this list is ourselves. So I want to ask you again today, what is holding you back from living into that reality that you can be more than a conqueror because of Christ Jesus who loves you? And is for you. You see what this world needs. What this community needs. Perhaps even what your family needs. Is more conquerors. More people that will take their faith serious enough to live it out. Day in and day out. To be unashamed and unapologetic of sharing the good news of Jesus Christ with your neighbor and with a stranger. With the least 
and with the lost. I saw a post this past week that was inspiring and yet heartbreaking. And so what would have it been like had that young boy who took the lives of all those little kids had met Jesus? If you look at his backstory, he has just broken glass in his life, a shattered sense of family, a lot of brokenness. What would it have been like if someone had shed the love of Christ and shared the love of Christ with him? Would things have been different? Could things have been different? You see, God is calling us to live into our high calling to go and tell. The one thing that Jesus said repeatedly from the day that he rose from the grave to the day that he ascended, we celebrate Ascension Sunday today where he ascended to heaven. The repeated thing he said was to go and tell. Go and tell. Go and tell. This is what Paul's letter to the church in Rome is all about. If you remember, he said, for I am not ashamed of the gospel for it is the power of God to bring salvation to everyone. And in it, it reveals the righteousness of God, a righteousness by faith. You see, we're more than conquerors. And we're called to share that good news with others. We're called to remind people of the great news of Jesus Christ. Because they too need to know that they also can be more than conquerors. You see, we don't need to settle for feeling deflated or defeated because of the headlines or what's going on in our life. Rather, we need to embrace the reality that through God, because of Christ, what he did on the cross and through an empty tomb, you and I can also overcome if we allow him to live in us and through us. You see, rather than a call to arms, Paul reminds us of our call to love. Ultimately, a call to love. That is to allow the inseparable love of God to flow in you and through you to every relationship you have. You see, I believe it's only then and only then that we begin to see the change that we so desperately desire in our relationships, whether it be in marriage or in business or in the community or the neighborhood or this world. This is the great news of the gospel. It's called love. This chapter begins with the fact that there is no condemnation and it ends with the fact that there is no separation from the love of Christ. May this Memorial Day weekend we embrace that reality in our lives and live that out as we go and declare and to remind others that they too are more than conquerors. Can I get an amen? Amen. Amen. Would you pray with me this morning? Almighty God, I thank you once again for this great letter that Paul was inspired to write. As he spoke to a community that was struggling and in strife and in persecution, both from the inside and the out. God, I thank you that you remind us that we are called to be more than conquerors. That we are overcomers. Not out of our own might, not out of our own strength, not out of our own decision, but out of our surrender to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So God, I pray today would be a day that we yield again to the power and presence of your love in us and for us. And that knowing that you are for us, who can stand against us? 
God, thank you for that encouraging word today from your scriptures. God, I pray that we didn't simply hear it today. I pray that we will begin to embrace that today. And by embracing it, we will live it out. And by living it out, we will see lives transformed, beginning with ours. And the ripple effect to all those we come in contact with. I ask this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And the church said, Amen.